podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. Today, uh, to help me unpack a bunch of limited overs cricket, I have a really special guest. A new guest on the podcast, but uh, a very enthusiastic guest. Welcome to the podcast, Ramchandra. Yeah, hi, Ajit. Thanks. Thanks for uh, the invite and I feel very privileged to be here. <laughs> well, the privilege is also mine and I'm very happy. Uh, we've had some chat off air, of course, and uh, yeah. I'm very happy to hear you're an ardent cricket enthusiast. But, you know, before we go into the games and other things, I would like to understand, when did the cricket bug bite you? Like, I grew up as any other kid in uh, in, in Bengaluru playing cricket on the fields, you know, on, on, uh, in the streets of Bengaluru like that. So, uh, I think I was probably... Uh, Eight or nine when I started watching cricket and then uh, just as watching cricket as a, a novice, as a kid, you know, as any kid would do that. Then I think uh, the 2001 series against Australia is something that really changed my understanding of the game and that Border Gavas series of 2001. Uh, that probably would be my first cricket education in the sense of understanding the game, how the game can change its stride in a matter of a couple of sessions. That partnership between Lakshman and Dravid. Uh, on the fourth day, you know, the Kolkata test. I think from then I started watching cricket in a di- different aspect. I started looking the game in a kind of, a, you know, understanding the game and test cricket. I think uh, I become a huge fan of test cricket after that series. From then on, I think I've been following cricket every single series of India. It's been two decades now, more than two decades now. And then I got into writing after my graduation. So I've been writing regularly both in Canada and English after that. So. Yeah, that's all. I've been following cricket and writing about cricket and tweet about cricket and I've got a lot of quality friends because of cricket. So I'm grateful for that as well. And Ajit, uh, you are also one of them. <laughs> Lovely to hear that. Indeed, what attracted me to you and sort of gave me the idea I could invite you as a guest is your articles. So I think um, you write quite a few articles, Sports Creda. Also, I've read some of your articles in Canada. They are very well uh, researched and well written. Yeah, Unali. That's for Unali. Yeah. Indeed. So, first of all, let's maybe look at all the games. Let's start with the test game. So, the Sri Lanka-New Zealand test. So, in our previous episode, we had spoken about the first test. Did you get any chance to look at this? It ended out to be a very enthralling test. Did you say, see the second test between New Zealand and Sri Lanka? Yeah, yeah uh, the first test, I mean, uh, I think you've spoken of the first test already in the previous spot, I guess. So, that test was like probably one of the best, Ajit, do you agree with me? Absolutely. Probably the way Kane Williamson batted in the, you know, uh, while chasing that score and the way he made it in the end. It was probably one of the best test matches I've ever witnessed. Probably, you know, after being asked to follow on and then, you know, uh, like setting a target. And I mean, that's that was just unbelievable. Probably it was England's hubris which got to them because if that batted without enforcing the follow on there was no way New Zealand could have won that game. So, a bit of hubris over there for as far as, you know, uh, England were concerned. Uh, that probably gave them an opportunity to come back in the game. But full marks to New Zealand for the way they conduct and the way they played. I mean, you got to believe first thing. I think uh, unless you have a 350 lead, I don't think any team should be enforcing the following. That's my perception. I look at that way. Unless you are desperate to win that game, there's something at stake for you. You know, you have to win this mm-hmm. game to win the series, something of that sort. That makes sense. But the way England, I think they had some, what, 250-odd? Uh, yeah, I yeah, think 256 chairs, I think. Yeah. yeah, so you don't you don't enforce the follow-on when you have just one 250. Uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's it's Hubris that dog got to them. And uh, when you have someone like Kane Williamson in their in the opposite team's ranks, you got to be very careful. You know, these are class acts; they can come to the party at any time. And uh, mm. I mean, even after that, I think they were chasing 200 odd in the fourth innings. And even that time, I think it was gettable for. Uh, 
New Zealand, I think uh, England. But I think, as you said, the fourth inning stage is always tough, uh, irrespective of how the pitch behaves on the fifth day. A chase is a chase, it's always pressure game and uh, they succumb to it. And uh, probably, I mean, we were lucky to witness one of the finest games. I think Kolkata 2001, uh, I think we our team was involved. So the emotions were different, the feeling was different. We were actually school going kids then. Now to witness this mm-hmm. kind of a game in 2023. Uh, it's something special. Now, you understand the game much better. I mean, look at the you know technical aspects of the game. It probably had everything. It was like a scripted drama. I mean, unscripted, to be honest. But it looked like, I mean, who writes these scripts? You just look at the scorecard and you just, uh, apart from looking at the scorecard, I think, you, I think uh, someone has to watch it uh, live or even see the highlights, you know, the, the tides, the how it changed. And I mean, it's one of the best test matches. That's I would put it this way. This is probably one of the top five test matches I've watched. Absolutely, I cannot uh, I cannot debate you there much. And to come back from a fall on, it's always I think it's happened only five times exactly. in the history of the game itself. So fantastically done. When you come to the New Zealand series, right? You can see I think the first test again was quite a chase. So to for New Zealand to chase it down. Uh, eight down of the last ball of the innings. I mean, that was again a wonderful, wonderful chase. And that self-belief that New Zealand brought. Again, Ken Williamson coming to the fore and winning the game so wonderfully well. Uh, playing that, you know, a game where um, they made it easy for India. They won the game. And uh, on the last day of India-Australia series, they knew India, they were already qualified for the finals. But all that yeah. apart, I think New Zealand played back-to-back blinders, two tests, which sort of defined what they are as a team. So, I think they had a little bit of a trough. They couldn't really yeah. capture the heights with which they had, you know, captured the World Test Championship trophy a previous cycle. Yeah. But they are now again back on the way up. Looks like under Saudi, the resurgence is uh, coming through. They showed that very nicely in that second test, uh, you know, against New Zealand because I think New Zealand, uh, for Sri Lanka, they were really no match. It was a, a complete uh, innings victory. And uh, there were two double hundreds. And what was really surprising is almost, you know, they copied the template of their previous opponents, England. They almost bass-balled Sri Lanka. So it was an easy innings victory. Look, I think uh, this Wellington test, right? Uh, This, like, the moment uh, uh, New Zealand put on 580 for four, they just lost four wickets, Ajit. Come on, like, how how often do you see that kind of, like, a scorecard? 584 of, I think, after having batted 120 overs, they scored at the... Fair, fair uh, rate as well. I think almost close mm. to four per hour. So I think uh, they were quite decimated. I think Sri Lanka. I think the first test they fought well, but the second test it was a one-way traffic. The moment five for four, and they were just playing the waiting game. And once they were dismissed for one sixty odd in the first innings, there was no like coming back in this game. And uh, I think as we always know, I think New Zealand is a tough nut to crack at home, especially they have like pretty invincible at home. Uh, of course, they've been mm. losing uh, odd games here and there, but when you look at the record, I think past 10 to 15 years, they've been very, very you know consistent at home and India have hardly won a test match. I think India won 2009 was the last test match India won in New Zealand. So, for a team which has been winning in Australia, which has been winning uh, test matches in South Africa consistently, not to win a test match in uh, New Zealand, that just speaks volume. So, also, I think New Zealand is a strong side at home. Look, they don't have their first string fast bowlers. They don't have uh, uh, Trent Bolt is not playing these days uh, with the contract thing. And then I think they did not have, uh, I think Matt Henry did not, I think Matt Henry played. There's one more swimmer who didn't play. I think uh, there's one, I think he was injured, right? Uh, Jamison was injured. Neil Wagner. Neil Wagner, Wagner was, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't play. He was an experienced campaigner. So they went ahead with what? Saudi, Matt Henry, and Bracewell. Bracewell, it was a comeback for him after years. So I think that kind of, even they have the second string, they pretty much the second string bowling order also was decent. And to blow them out for 160 and again bowl them out for, I think, 350 or something, they scored in the second innings. And it was like just a, you know, they completed the formalities. And Sri Lankan team, I think uh, Karuna Ratne and Angelo Matthews had the experience. They've been two pillars of the Sri Lanka batting. But I think they don't have anything apart from them. And unless you have four or five quality batters, more often than not, you're going to struggle at the test match level. And that's what we got to see with Sri Lankan team. And kind of like they deserve to probably win the first test match. They fought really well. But unfortunately, it was, you know, one of those Williamson you know, specials which actually denied them the victory. And then I think second test match, as I said, it was like there was no match for uh, New Zealand's, uh, you know, strength and power. I think they were simply invincible and they just blow the blow, you know, blew away the opposition. And uh, yeah, 2-0 is a fair uh, kind of a scorecard, I believe. I think if anyone would have asked you what would be the scorecard 
before the start of the series 2-0 anyone i think most of them would agree because sri lanka i think and this is not the same sri lankan side which we had probably 10 or 15 years ago which with all the legends in the side this is pretty much a you know side which is in research uh, research and space so obviously i think uh, uh, you know 2-0 is a fair uh, reflection of the team's capabilities i think you sort of summarized the series pretty well but you know sri lanka usually pack a sting in the tail that is uh, in the third or the fourth innings they are able to produce those master class sort of innings which are very rare i think in this test between chandimal and dhananjay de silva they started a fight back unfortunately that that big score didn't come through a big 150 160 and some support from the tail maybe they could have given new zealand a 100 or 150 run target because yeah. after following on it's very tough to come back it's very clear but yes. uh, sri lanka fought on the fourth day so that fight back was fantastic to see because they took time over scoring as well they played 142 overs they played classical yeah. test match cricket they had the time so probably they were sort of probably you know thinking of making another um, 150 runs if they could get ahead of uh, new zealand and then try and pressurize new zealand maybe in a 40 50 over chase but that was didn't really materialize so you know rightly ken williamson uh, finished man of the series and most importantly i think henry nichols who was the man of, man of the match in the second test i think that was uh, his career was a little bit at, in doldrums he did not have a particularly a good start to the summer and or the good end to the summer in uh, new zealand so i think he reminded everybody what he's capable of with that double hundred so that was i think um, as you say uh, the last test match will cover so as a test match fan you feel a little bit of a pinch that uh, oh yeah. there's not going to be another test match for a while before we really go into the other games limited over games what will be your prediction for the world test championship final ramchandra <laughs> if you ask my heart i want india to win but it looks uh, really difficult i think it's is it is going to be played at the oval right yeah yeah oval uh, like oval is not you know uh, that kind of a toughest track you'll find in the uk but but still i think uh, Uh, you don't know what will happen after the ipl ajit who i don't we don't know who will be injured and i mean we're not really sure about who will be the captain i think with the injury concerns we have uh, rohit sharma if he stays fit he'll be captaining and uh, then we have we don't will not be having of course we'll not be having jasweet bumra rishad pant and and think we probably would have would lose even shreyas air for that matter so to be playing in england uh, after just a week after the ipl where you know all the players will be playing for different teams and they'll have to regroup and you know get into act in a matter of few weeks i uh, to me i mean you can call me a pessimist but i don't really don't have any hopes on this side i think uh, mitchell stark will be fresh and roaring to go hazelwood and pat cummins and this seam attack on that track in england where uh, india are pretty much susceptible and if kl we don't know where kl rahul would be batting and I don't think he'll be opening. Even if he plays, I think he'll be probably playing in the middle order. Uh, yeah, India has the same attack, but they need to put up, put runs on the board. And I, I don't see any batters, you know, who are in that kind of a f- form to, you know, score runs on that those kind of conditions. But you never know. I think it was a matter of one good innings from someone and we can, we can expect some miracle. But uh, I would say 70-30 in favour of Australia. Uh, the fact that it's been, it's been going, uh, we'll be playing that in England. I think Australia have... Uh, Yeah, I think your assessment might be right, but you know, uh, as India cricket fans, uh, yeah, we want to see our team do well, and maybe you know, second consecutive World Test Championship final, you hope they'll come away with the win. But uh, some of the things are actually stacked against them. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But let's see, let's see how that goes. Um, yeah. Now, moving on, if you were to take a quick look at some of the ODI. Uh, series that have been going on so let's start right there india australia so these two teams had a little bit of contest already in the test matches yeah. but in the odis the indian team let you down you think uh, absolutely i mean you don't see india losing the way they did uh, at home and uh, i i was not sure about i mean what was the reason to have those kind of tracks uh, for odi series i you i mean i think there was something for the seamers i think in both the games and mitchell stark wrecked havoc and uh, india did not have a chance and thanks for kl rahul's you know pen checking innings in the first game and i think that helped them win the game or else it would have been really embarrassing to lose 3-0 at home and uh, yeah i think the the third game i think they were in the game i think it needed one good partnership one sensible innings from someone in the middle order they could have i mean run rate was not really beyond their, their reach they were 
they kept on losing wickets at the wrong time and had jadeja or pandya continued for another four or five overs india would have been in a you know much striking distance and they could have had one or two good overs like they do in the ipl they could have won the game but uh, unfortunately all the batters were gone and uh, yeah it's it's quite disappointing uh, you don't want to lose in that fashion at home especially in the world cup year and world cup is going to be held in india so i think uh, what at the max you will be having 10 to 15 games from here before the world cup on what kind of you don't even i think uh, you don't have a proper batting lineup and you don't know who your number 4 is you don't know who your number 5 is you keep chopping and changing and the batting order rajit i mean there was no reason why you demoted surya kumar yadav of course he's going through a bad patch but he shouldn't be batting below aksar patel you you need to you know instill confidence in the player he's a class act i mean if someone can strike the way he does at some 170 and have an average of 14 t20 you got to stick with him of course they gave him the opportunity three games and but he shouldn't have been you know he shouldn't have been demoted to number 6 or 7 he should have played at number 4 so that was one thing which went against them i, I think care rahul also he settled at number 5 why would you want to push him at number 4 he kept kept for 50 overs and again he's coming to bat at number 4 and i mean and they did a lot of experiments and uh, they lost it and uh, it could have been last game or anyone's game anyone could have won that game it's not that you know they were india were convincingly beaten anyone could have won that game but these things matter a lot in odi matches and these small things you know in in a crucial juncture and you can if you look at the way nikhil stark bowled all it takes is one good spell from nikhil stark or someone from aussie bowlers in the in the knockouts to knock india out that's what happened in the 2019 semi finals right i think it was matt henry who blew away matter of 30 35 minutes at india lost four wickets and they were just doing the catching up game you don't want that kind of thing to happen again and again i think these these things are nerves when you're playing a decider or a knockout game your top players got to perform and unfortunately barring kohli no one really stood up in the you know decider absolutely even in the second game right kohli had the bit by the teeth i was hoping yeah. i was hoping you know he'll he'll take it one step further he'll play yeah. and probably take india to 200 plus that was a spicy pitch the second uh, yeah yeah and we are missing that chase master kohli where he used to calculate and chase it down with ease and we are not seeing that offlet are we mm. well it might be that you know i w- i won't say age is catching up but i think he's sort of adjusting to those small changes True. But I think we may we may see a bit of bit more of that come the World Cup. I think yeah, we need to cut some slack, Ajit. I mean, uh, if you look at the number of games, ODI games played in the last two years, I think this format is. Don't you feel this format is lost between T20s, the leagues, and the Test matches? We played. We've been playing uh, quite a few Test matches. Of course, T20s are pretty rare. I think India played thirty plus T20s in the last year. Uh, add to that the IPL and other leagues, and this format is probably losing its sheen. that's what i believe well i think there is still a relevance for odi simply because yeah, it, it has yeah. it has this um right measure between yeah. um, a complete t20 blast and a complete test match you know absorption of pressure and that slow yeah. building of intensity you can sort of yeah. start it like a slow uh, game but then you slowly build it up and usually most teams last 20 hours they do treat it like a t20 so to answer your I question know. about surya right so the way i understood the tactics is that they tried to give him his comfort zone he's uh, at his best in a t20 and they tried to give him the last 16 to 18 overs of the game where he'll have the freedom to play in his own way that's why aksar patel also the reason for promoting aksar patel up the order he's a left hander and yeah. you see zampa actually won the game in the end right and they knew yeah. zampa was going to be a problem that's why if you saw zampa was attacked very early on by shubman gill and rohit yeah. because they wanted to blunt the leg break bowler or the wrist spinner because our own wrist spinner kuldeep yadav did really well he was very instrumental in keeping australia down otherwise i would think australia would have crossed 300 here so from that india learning trying to learn from their experiences they tried to attack the leg break bowler right and to yeah. keep surya into his own uh, comfort zone where he has 16 overs and let's say at 8 an over that's his real forte they tried to yeah. give him that so that he rediscovers that spark see there is no doubt about his talent there is no doubt about his ability to strike the ball probably sort of he got too much into his own head i mean he suffered what i would call is a little bit of a, a you know ignominy 
you don't get three consecutive three ball ducks even i have not done yeah. three one ball golden ducks right? <laughs> yeah. even i have not done that my yeah you know, it's like you know it's one of those uncanny things the same thing happened with ajit agarkar right no matter how much you try you don't get out six ducks on a round you don't get six duck out you know that happened with ajit agarkar who was a decent enough batter he is not a you know walking wicket he is never a walking wicket uh, i think i remember watching him you know speak some day i think no matter how much you try you don't get out six times on a round for a duck it happened to him it's one of the uncanny things it happened and that's it i mean Exactly. i think yeah this is probably going to impact him a bit there will be a lot of trolls but i think we know surya is, is is a class act he's going to come back okay so in any case um he will come back but i don't know how much of a odi career now because um uh, he may have to be given a break so that he can make a comeback that's something we might uh, look at but also i think this loss for me is a blessing in disguise it's a bilateral series it has been a loss you're right but it's not just that it's about understanding india has got a wake up call because they also need to probably work the order the middle order they had to shuffle a few things maybe they are missing rishabh pant but rishabh pant was never a starter in t20 uh, in odis so True. they have to still work out a few things come the world cup this is the yeah. important lesson that and the backroom staff would have taken off from yeah. this you know defeat so that i see as a positive but anyway i mean i think also from bowling perspective they gave shardul a chance early on they didn't give him a chance later even though uh, you know he also had some runs with the bat but i think with pandya coming good they have to work a few things around so let's see how this comes through um going on if you were to take a look at the other series which is uh, you know the west indies uh, south africa series were you able to catch up with this yeah i was i was uh, following the you know uh, score cards and i i you know saw that innings of uh, you know uh, classum it was like unbelievable innings and the way he chased down like it was it was just simply you know mind blowing and you you know you enjoy those kind of innings don't you i mean irrespective of which team is playing when someone bats the way that you know he did you enjoy that and uh, i think uh, probably i would say at uh, two sides of it evenly match said uh, south africa of course they are playing at home they have the upper hand but still this is not that great south african side what we you know we used to seeing in probably 10 years ago so this side i think there were a lot of question marks over bumuma's place as a captain I forget about his captaincy i think there were a lot of questions question marks raised over his place in the side and he probably uh, to a certain extent has uh, you know answered his critics i think though they went down in the second game i think uh, his 144 of 118 balls was was, was, was a fantastic innings so probably in that you know harshil gibbs league of kind of innings that was that kind of an innings and he played a few breath stroking strokes i think those harivander horizontal bat shots he played were simply mind blowing i was just blown away the way he batted and unfortunately had one had one batter you know you know uh, help with him or you know john found a partnership probably he would have uh, chased it down i think there were still some nine overs left and they had 48 runs to get unfortunately they lost all the wickets so you don't see that kind of a ch- chase these days you know i mean having going going uh, hammer and tongs and losing all your wickets only for 40 overs it's unbelievable you know you don't see that kind of a thing and and i think uh, the third odi i think uh, bahuma did not play that game right i think the third odi he was, he, was he was injured he was injured he was injured yeah i think class it, it was makram yes true it was class and special on that day and uh, they won it quite convincingly 30 overs they chased down 260 i mean how how often do you see this kind of a score and uh, 120 119 runs at a 200 strike rate it's it was simply amazing i think were you able to watch this and i mean i was just simply like like i could not believe what i was seeing actually i was uh, not able to catch up with the live games it sort of clashes with the work day here okay. so okay i was only able to follow up on highlights and catch up a little bit on the scores but at the second uh, game the second odi i caught a bit of bahumas endings to, uh, towards the end that was quite special i think it was in a losing cause but he never lost focus there and he was one of the last guys out but in the third uh, game by the time i thought west indies had a middling sort of a total i thought they might make a game of it yet you know they they were probably 20 20 30 runs short uh, nonetheless i think they were able to make a decent enough start that south africa were in a little bit of trouble but then south africa really did not take a single step back they completely yeah. went the other way they went on the aggressive approach which is very rare so 
to see the finishing run rate nearly 9 and over i mean if the game had gone the distance in south africa had batted maybe they they would have gotten 450 i don't know right exactly. in one of like one of those heavy chases heavy that one game which will never forget 430 plays 430 yeah. something like this i remember right? henry classen winning one game against india in 2018 with this kind of a batting i think he played really well he is someone who is if he becomes consistent that you think is going to be a great asset for the south african side he has all the shots in his book i think uh, he has to be a bit consistent i think he has decent odi numbers but i think he is not been given a you know consistent run because quinton dickop keeps wickets so he plays odi he is not playing test match but he plays odi so i think this guy can be the trump card you know in the middle order if someone comes at number 5 and plays the way he does i think he is a great great asset for the team no i think consistency is definitely something you highlighted also i think uh, sometimes he might get a bit too aggressive if he can play a little bit a little bit well within himself knowing that he has the shots he can always catch up he has all the big shots and uh, you know i think sometimes he takes the ultra aggressive approach and that might be his undoing but yeah it it works in the shortest format of the game better this is the difference i would like to say when you play t20s to odis so but okay i think um, he might have turned the corner let's hope and miller sort of started the recovery but then marco jansen i think he's also shaping up very good if you're a south african fan because this guy has also shown a lot of promise with the bat both in the longer and the shorter format so it is really really you know auguring well if you're a south africa fan you know they had polak previously a fast bowling all rounder they had kalis yeah. kalis was of a different uh, caliber altogether yeah, let's just say but polak a, a proper fast bowling all rounder because who's more of a bowling all rounder right so this guy has shown the same sort of start at least in his career 11 tests 44 wickets right and an average of 20 and then with the bat you can also see he's showing some promise so there's something to be had there so let's see if you know he can also grow and uh, fulfill this potential that early potential marco jansen has shown and with the left arm variety let's also say he's very fast Pollock was always even at his uh, probably peak. He was close to 140. This guy can hit 145, 148, and so on. So, so something to look forward to. Yeah. Now the other limited over series. This is uh, between well Bangladesh and Ireland. A little bit of a one-sided uh, series. Of course, I mean like uh, there was no competition. Did you <laughs> did you see any competition in this? I think uh, like uh, when you talk about a side like Bangladesh, I think. Uh, like they have all the uh, players and they got all the ingredients you know when uh, to to win uh, at home especially at home there i would say this probably one of the top asian sides at home i think probably much stronger than even sri lanka or pakistan to a certain extent at home and talking about and uh, they almost gave a scare to india didn't they in the, in the test match in the second test match they all uh, probably they should have won that game and i mean it just shows how strong they are at home and uh, aside like ireland i think they don't have in my book they don't have any chance in subcontinent against uh, you know side like bangladesh which has a quality all rounder like sakibul hasan and they have two or three top quality spinners i don't think they have any chance indeed and at home they are way too strong so but for me tamim's lack of runs is a little bit of a worry right yes. so i expected ireland to compete a little bit more it they are playing in alien conditions they are not used to these sort of wickets you yeah. would not expect them to really spring a surprise because also bangladesh was on the up and up so bangladesh started slow but they then surprised england they beat england in t20is right 3 nil and then yeah. so they were on the up so you would expect it will be a really tough journey for ireland but i just think it's a learning journey so for sort of paul sterling not being able to make too many runs also their skipper andy balbirni usually makes some runs both of these were very quiet in the series yeah. so you would expect their bowlers would struggle but i think graham hume one of the debutants i think he did pretty well there and you could see the scorecard suggests the you know the kind of difference between the two sides you know like uh, as i said there was no competition i just like you see uh, the first game ireland lost by 180 the second game they were gone for all money bangladesh had put on 349 on board and the third third game they were blown off for what 101 and they chased it down with one without loss of a single wicket that just goes to show how how you know how strong bangladesh is and uh, for this side to even compete you know against bangladesh in in the longer format that would be fun if you if you i think bangladesh are going to set some you know great records in the test matches against ireland that would be a welcome that would be a welcome tour i would like yeah. to see that uh, yes. ireland also get to play um, some uh, you know test away test, tests yeah. in 
yeah and actually i think you have the test status and you play once in a blue moon i don't think uh, you know having this test status and not playing at least you know we don't expect bangladesh zimbabwe and other side afghanistan to play 10 test matches every year at least they should be given minimum amount of five or six test matches every year and they can play amongst themselves you know if the big teams are not competing with them they can play amongst themselves they can they should have at least two test match series this one off test also i'm not a great fan of having this one off test matches what purpose is sir well at least they'll take a one off test rather, rather than no tests but yeah. this is also uh, as i said they have to start somewhere and uh, the bigger boards i think they have to make sure they also get to play their court yeah. off tests against these nations like True. afghanistan and ireland and even zimbabwe yeah. i say so it's 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 a it's a bigger sort of more nuanced discussion but just to make it uh, short i would say yes it comes down to the top 3 nations england yeah. australia and uh, india to you know fulfill this obligation i think england can do it more easier because ireland are closer but they should still reach out and try and play games against zimbabwe and afghanistan same for india i think uh, most of the Uh, yeah, most of the Ireland cricketers, I think they play county cricket in England. I guess so that experience should help them. Absolutely. So, but I I think it's because there's been a rule change. Some of that situation is not as it was before. But nonetheless, okay. there are Irish player players in the county circuit, no doubt, and that experience will always hold them in good stead. What I can say is it's 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 about um, any team that's making its um, way in the international cricket, especially in the Test cricket. You can only grow by playing the five-day game. So. I've when I've talked with people I understood the journey from a four day game to a five day game is already immense the amount of time you have is 20% more or 25% more so that sort of thought process thinking about it and sort of planning to play the top tier teams is entirely different that can't be done in any other way except maybe touring playing um, you know sites like invitational elements and other things but still playing real test teams is the only way you can learn so that that cannot be substituted so that has to happen at the highest level you know uh, mm-hmm. india struggled initially for the first 30 40 years of that uh, journey mm-hmm. but uh, teams like new zealand west indies they also had a learning curve there back in the day when uh, i would i dare say life was a bit slower we did not realize it so much nowadays with so much cricket and life being so much quicker and faster uh, we tend to say why are teams not getting better no that learning curve has to be has to be taken on and bangladesh are yeah. now a different team from when they started right so it's always the case so you are absolutely right that's a very good point that you've made and we hope uh, icc and the other parts that be if they are ever listening to these things they take a leaf out of our thoughts yeah now true going on we are a podcast based out of the netherlands so we have to talk about the zimbabwe netherlands series so did you get a chance to follow the series uh, in fact the decider is currently being played yeah I yeah followed the scores on cricket info and yeah it was nice I think uh, New Zealand I think Netherlands won the first game quite convincingly though they lost seven wickets they were always in the game it was not like you know Zimbabwe had their pain but uh, yeah but the second game was uh, the great a great one I think uh, the way Zimbabwe won one run I think how how you know how seldom you see these kind of things one run that should have hurt you know Netherlands a lot that that. you know could have you know, won them the series now they have to compete in the third game but yeah the second game was really fun i had a look at the score card and the, you know the fall of wickets uh, i think uh, netherlands should have won that game ajit i felt probably nerves no absolutely they gave a hat trick to wesley madhivere and well i'm not meaning any insult here but he's a part time bowler yeah. and True. he was yeah. not getting a whole lot of turn or dip you know it was not classical off break it was wicket to wicket sort of common sense and street smart stuff but he did that very well so really the credit of that win goes to two people clive madande the, the keeper of zimbabwe right who yeah. stitched partnerships and um, you know made sure they had a score that they could defend right yeah. that that was the tough that was a tough game but uh, he he made sure they got the score i think he has had two 50s in the series already clive madande yeah. so i think that's yes. sort of a very good series for him but in the second odi you see netherlands also could have uh, restricted uh, zimbabwe to you know maybe under yeah. 250 again they had that chance and they missed that that additional 21 runs came through and then yeah. they were not particularly good in the back half of the innings if you look at where they were at about the midway point even i would say yeah. 32 to 33 overs 166 has already been made tom cooper is unbeaten still at the crease at 74 colin ackerman sort of set and from that point 
on they sort of stumbled only the keeper uh, and the captain scott edwards he stood there but then the hat trick happened completely unexpectedly right and then teja who was the hero of the first uh, odi and paul van meckeren who can bat both were taken out and then that meant the skipper had to sort of bat carefully with the tail even under tough circumstances take them close i think the end result is a bit flattering because with 18 runs or so in the last over fred clasen hit out and nearly won the game for netherlands with a blinder but i expected netherlands would lose this game by 10 runs or so right so i think a credit goes to fred fred clasen who brought them that close he needed a boundary of the last ball and they took two runs and they were run out so it was a little bit of a heartbreak but otherwise this was not as close a game as you would think but also yeah scorecard is quite decent yeah but if you look at the first inning shariz ahmed had a breakthrough so yeah. he took a 5-4 his first international 5-4 i've i've actually seen this guy bowl very promising is quite something i expect big things out of him he's very young so for netherlands going he might even serve them more than a decade i hope so it was a very important game for him the third game is actually underway yeah and if you look at the current scores well Netherlands have let go of a very good start I might say. Um they are now 149 for 5 in the yeah. 33rd over and I think they'll be happy to take a score of 250 from here because yes. uh, their set batsmen are out Colin Ackerman Musa Ahmed are out and yeah. today they are without Tom Cooper. So Wesley Beresi was included in the 11 but he could not make a big contribution. So all the set batsmen the top five are down the skipper stays and miracle man from ODI 1 Uh, Teja Nidamanuru is there, right? So I think they'll have to first consolidate a little, make sure they don't throw this away, and at least get the team to 230 plus and maybe 250. That would be the yeah. best score I think they can uh, sort of look at. Yeah. So if I were to ask you in the series, who will take the trophy? Yeah, I I hope that you know Netherlands wins this because this is this would be a you know huge uh, shot in the arm for them because. you seldom see them play you know and they don't play on a regular basis so going away from home and winning a you know zimbabwe is still a proper you know odi team you know which plays regularly so to win a series away from home in zimbabwe it be a great thing for netherlands i hope you know netherlands put pulls this off speaking a bit more frankly zimbabwe have learned that netherlands have a weakness while playing spin so they have included another spinner in brendan mauta leg break bowler and you can see wesley medevere is about to think he'll complete his quota and he's been yeah. doing well and there'll be more spin that netherlands will have to contend before they are done so this this is going to be an interesting challenge so True. this tour and the upcoming tour of south africa where they'll play two or three odis i think they'll play two odis yeah. and that's very crucial for south africa south africa need to win that 2-0 to Perfect. give themselves a chance of qualifying directly for the world cup right so Correct. that's going to be quite a challenge as well for netherlands nonetheless it's we as netherlands fans we are really happy to see our team tour and we would love to see them win this trophy so yeah. that's really something i'm looking forward to now so psl finals did you catch it at all no i was just uh, you know uh, actually the thing is just look at the score cards that's it <laughs> nothing uh, so where you, did you catch it yeah i was able to see the last couple of overs of the psl final yeah. and it was a very interesting interesting finish yeah um, up until the last point in time you thought you know yeah. it would be a very good chase they would win that uh, trophy yeah. um multan sultans will be heartbroken by the way they lost run, yeah. right That's yeah it. i mean they sort of subsided a little but True. in a such a high octane chase they should be given a lot of credit first of all you would think to making 200 in yeah. the finals you have more or less sealed the game right shahin shafridi really shown with the bat he was the difference between the sides True. earlier on it was abdullah shafiq who's more of a you know we recognize him as a more stayed yeah. uh, opener for pakistan in tests but he first of all made a lot of runs and a lot of quick runs yeah. but then uh, shahin shafridi put the finishing touches from what would have been 180 went to 200 thanks to shahin shah right Absolutely. he's really shown himself as a all-rounder but for me yeah. shahin shah afridi the yeah. guy who can True. win test matches for pakistan is more important but yeah. i would hope he focuses on that he keeps going I, focusing on that he finishing with 400 if not 500 test match wickets right that's what i would like to see but then in the shorter format it's nice to see true and uh, you know you it was a blinder you know 15 balls 44 runs yeah. i mean that's he hit five sixes uh, i just saw the score card like 
I mean, uh, his ball in that. No, they were all huge sixes. Yeah, and he. They were all eight, ninety-five meter pass. Yeah, sixes. we always know his ball in talent is like unbelievable. He he swings the ball both ways, and it's like you know. I mean, if he's on song, I mean, good luck to the batsman. I think he, no matter how good a technique you have, you'll not stand a chance. We saw that how we you know got both Rohit and Rahul. in last year's what mm. you know it was like they had no chance it bit every ball he's right. is on the money always and if he can bat the way he's been doing now i think you know it's like pretty much like you know wasim akram's clone uh, of course the bowling Absolutely. there's no comparison i think he's still a young young kid but i think whatever he's shown as a batsman i think he has that potential ajit uh, abhi Absolutely, and in the chase relay roso and mohammad rizwan sort of kicked it off very well yeah. and kairan pollard Did his bit. Tim David did his bit. They, none of them could carry on. Kushal Chan, another hitter. Yeah. So I think in the end, Abbas Afridi gave them a hope. Again, much like with the match with Netherlands, we were discussing. He brought them back from the dead. You thought they would win by ten, twelve runs. True. He brought them back from the dead, and in the last over, I think still Shahid Afridi, who was actually very costly early on, he came back to take four wickets. He was the one that made the difference, taking out Kieran Pollard, Tim David, yeah. and uh, Anwar Ali. Otherwise. You would think it was Osama Mir as well. Though he gave away 50 runs, I think. No, but in the at the beginning yeah. he was really targeted. True. He bagged himself Very to true. deliver, and he did. Yes. So you yes. probably see Shahin Shafridi evolving as a cricketer, yeah. maybe putting his um, name out there as the next potential captain for Pakistan. True. Yeah. Right. This is excellent yeah. to see. But a little bit of a heartbreak if you are a Multan Sultan yes. fan. But all in all, such a thriller for a final, a deserving game if you are looking yeah, at it. Yeah, and. I think we need to give credit to Zaman Khan. I think uh, defending 12 runs in the last over, uh, it's it's the pressure is always on the bowler. The batsman will always have the you know advantage. Despite the two leg buys, I think he defended that, and uh, I think he was right on the money. And uh, I think uh, you shouldn't really forget that if if he had but one bad ball, it could have been all over. It was competition would have gone. So I think uh, full marks to him uh, the way he held his nerve in the last over. Absolutely, I think to back him to deliver yeah. and Shahin Jafri the sort of bowling those other crucial overs, yeah. they had the combination right. So also some kudos to the back end staff. Yeah. Before we forget, there was an amazing game. This was the Afghanistan Pakistan T20 yesterday. Were you able to catch it at all? Yeah, I just had a look at the scorecard and this was apparently uh, Afghanistan's first ever uh, win against uh, uh, Pakistan, right? Absolutely, and yeah. you know I caught the highlights this morning. Yeah, and when you saw the pitch, it looked more like a fifty test match pitch. Oh, the yeah, ball man. was yeah. actually turning, and there was a lot of help for the bowlers, even in the air actually. So yeah. when you saw Pakistan's batting, the Fazl Fazl Haq Farooqi and Asmatullah Omar Zai, wonderful yeah. bowling at the top. Yeah. They were completely denied a strong start. Yeah. It was almost like you were watching a test match game. There were dot balls, an occasional run here and there. Pakistan never got going. Then yes. it, it was because of the way. Afghanistan fast bowler started, but yeah. then Mujibur Rahman, four overs nine for two, in a T20I. Can you believe that sort of bowling? And Navin Ulhak bowled well. Of course, Rashid Khan, you can never keep him out of the game. And Mohammad Nabi, with all that experience, they. It was basically a pitch where I dare say 120 would have been 10 runs above par. It was that sort of a pitch. When you look Absolutely. at the pitch itself. Yeah. Shah Shahab Khan took took some time. He was hoping to get away with a couple of big hits. So did Imad Wasim. Both of these are very experienced, and this uh, you can see Azam Khan was debuting, Tayyab yeah. Tahir, lot of these people. Abdullah Shafiq was given a chance based on his exploits in the PSL. There were a lot of debutants here. You could almost call this a Pakistan B team. And, yeah, second you know, season. In the previous episode, yeah. In the previous episode, we actually asked, yeah. "Are Pakistan taking a risk here?" <laughs> yeah, and apparently, at least in the first game of the series, it spanned out that way. Right, True. but then yeah. you would expect Pakistan will come back strong because when they batted, when they bowled, they showed yeah. that it took yeah. all of Mohammad Nabi's experience to ride out those tough overs. Right, so he played out Imad Wasim, he kept out Shadab Khan. Um, fast bowlers were a little bit guilty of bowling, maybe a little bit back of length. Both Nasim Shah and Zaman Khan. Zaman Khan was debuting. Nasim Shah is actually very young and inexperienced still. Right, Esanullah was debuting. But Esanullah bowled really well. He showed uh, he was carrying the form from PSL, and he showed that. And in the end, just the experience that uh, Afghanistan packed between Najibullah Zadran and Mohammad Nabi took them home. 
if they had sort of uh, sort of had any second thoughts there they would have also lost this game it was a very tight contest but in the end just basically nabi won the game i'll say i expect a lot out of this series yeah i think uh, the next two games will be really you know uh, like exciting you know with afghanistan you know back you know, winning the first game uh, it can be anyone's game and uh, as you said i think uh, pakistan have taken a huge risk you know by sending this kind of a side and i mean afghanistan is that kind of a side where they are there and there about they like even against the stronger sides they were always in the game but they were somehow not able to pull it off in the last moment and even in the 2019 world cup they had a chance against india if you remember so it is that kind of a side they have a quality bowling attack i mean that's undisputable also if they have you know a couple of more batters who can be consistent this is going to be a very strong side and it's great news for uh, international cricket if afghanistan can put up you know those kind of performances on a regular basis they have come a long way in just a matter of a decade and uh, if they grow this way who Absolutely. knows in the 2030s we may see afghanistan win world cups right so plenty to look forward very true, very true. now in the other uh, news of the field owners of mumbai indian csk have now also set their uh, sights on uh, some of the mlc teams uh, are you following this at all uh, no i just had you know saw the news that's it yeah, nothing detailed about it yeah so they have bought a team indeed right so also there are oh. some big people involved so capitals uh, delhi capitals will actually yeah. um, you know partner with uh, satya nadella the microsoft chief executive and they are looking to buy the seattle franchise in fact they have already bought it right so yeah. there are some big names involved but yeah. from indian cricket you can see that mumbai indians chennai super kings delhi capitals all of these people are have already set their foot also on the american continent and where cricket is growing these people are sort of already making an investment sort of setting up their bases it's nice to see in a way but also a little bit panicky if, a little bit worrying if you are the world body yeah. i suppose what are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely see i mean like uh, you just you got to accept the fact that league cricket is probably the way forward probably cricket is going the football way uh, t20 is probably cricket's usp and uh, to you know uh, globalized cricket probably this is the best format and uh, though i think it is like being played in the us i think it will be the probably the subcontinental population which will be playing that game you will not see the you know americans playing the game as long as you know unless and until they play i don't think you can call cricket as being good globalized you know good and point these are the same people the umar chand corey anderson and going representing usa and you have j arun kumar karnataka's very own arun kumar who was the coach of uh, usa and you see the indian population basically the subcontinental population uh, representing uh, you know uh, usa i don't think it makes any difference to the game in the us as long as the americans take it up i mean unless they take it up i don't think it's 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 a you know great sign and these leaks will happen of course they will not profit because of the you know huge number of um, you know indian subcontinent i mean indian basically subcontinental population there of course you will see people throng the stadiums even in the us but as i said i want uh, americans to take up cricket then you can say this you know this game has been truly democratized and globalized very good points actually so what's happening is these big teams they have know how of how to run sporting um, you know sporting teams yeah. these big conglomerates who have run teams uh, franchise teams in other different um, continents other different countries as well they are also taking a place in america which sort of seems logical but the point you made is very relevant there are only seven american born players who are in the draft and who are chosen only seven so you can see this is completely geared towards the cricketing population of the rest of the world there has not been enough attempts made to grow the sport in america right and you hope it will take root and it will grow from here but it yeah it would be a bit worrying if you are us cricket association if they are allowing this to happen if there are no quotas set if they have to say you have to pick at least four american players in each squad something like this right yeah you don't see any of that yeah. there have been only seven players so you are absolutely right those are very well made points so something that yeah. if you if you would just wanted to make a cash cow if you just wanted to make something that uh, you can earn based on the audiences which are half the world away that's one way of thinking but yeah. other way is also to eventually let the sport take root in america because there's a lot of talent there there are a lot of people of caribbean descent in americas there are a lot of people from latin yeah. descent as well who who are very good at baseball we know this right 
so cricket can take root and grow in the in the americas so at the end as a fan of the global game that's what i would like to see but maybe this is the yes. way it can get in right maybe in a couple of years of this sort of um, fanfare the following that you see maybe the local people might get enthused and they may start picking up the sport as well yes i think a few caribbean premier league games also are played in the us right like if i'm not in, wrong yes in florida yes yeah. so that yes true i think uh, that also helps actually to i think cricket is you don't uh, i i think even in us i think people are aware of this game uh, these days i think it was not like before people were like watch cricket all this this kind of stuff but i think uh, because of the caribbean premier league other thing i think uh, cricket is getting popularized but i want uh, the americans take up the game good point good point ramchandra now if you were to just have a quick look at the wpl we are in the last week the last couple of days of wpl so the teams that yeah. we expected delhi and mumbai have made it to the final mumbai indians they sort of stumbled a little they lost a couple of games uh, towards the end of the league stage and they had to come through the qualifier route but there was not really that much doubt if their quality would come through and yeah. it did right so uh, natalie sever brunt she's played quite the innings as strike rate of 189 182 i think yeah. is about 30 40 runs above par for a wpl game yeah. i think and that meant you know they were going to win the game quite comfortably and they followed through in spite of alisa heeli being there in spite of talia magrath in spite of kiran navgire all of these big strikers of the ball they were yeah. not able to make an impact and go ahead and win kiran navgire had, had a good innings 43 but isi wong took a hat trick so that was something fantastic to see right yeah, and women's first ever hat trick yeah absolutely so again a lot of firsts that are being thrown out by WIPL in its very first season so we really yeah. we really want this to grow and we really hope you know it goes the way of the men's IPL becomes the premier women's yeah. cricket tournament in the world as time goes on but before yeah. we completely move away from this topic your prediction for the final who will win the inaugural trophy yeah i think uh, mumbai indians should win i believe because i think they they win by far the most consistent and though they lost away in between with harmanpreet kaur firing i think they have a great chance that's what i i think i i also want mumbai indians to win for some reason i think you might be talking out of your uh, love for certain players so you're i think you're a little bit biased but <laughs> yeah i want uh, an indian captain uh, to see. win this so but i would still think you know in the form yeah. that they are coming into the final mumbai indians really? have rediscovered their touch and they have their big players firing so yeah. i dare say i think they are yeah. odds on favorite to take the trophy from this point on so let's see yeah. I think Delhi to have a decent side. They can, you know, any gentleman's game. Of course, see, a T20 is always anyone's game. A uh, limited overs game is always, yeah. you know, the team that sort of starts well sometimes has already done enough to win the game in a T20, right? So let's see if uh, yeah. Delhi can actually upset the momentum Mumbai bring into the final and maybe try and take the final. So yeah. now moving on, the World Cup schedule has been uh, sort of tentatively announced. The India. Uh, is the host and there will be uh, you know 12 um, venues that will host it ahmedabad will Can be host see? the final the final will be on 19th november and the world cup itself will start on october 5th i don't know if you had a chance to look at this um, look at this itinerary that's yeah, yeah. put out any thoughts on this yeah i think uh, see uh, i think there are few venues which have been missed out uh, finals few people have issues with finals being played in ahmedabad and of course traditionally people would have wanted uh, the finals to be played in either eden gardens or the vankade but uh, uh, with the kind of capacity ahmedabad has uh, we do you don't know the finalists you know i mean but still i think they wanted this to be played in the biggest ever uh, stadium in india so so they have their points uh yeah of course bang the traditional venues bangalore then chennai delhi kolkata and all the venues are you know earmarked and one thing apart from the venues i am worried about is ajit about the due factor you know how it is in india in uh, october and november the due uh, i think there will be a lot of day night games played in the world i'm sure about that so what will be the remedy for this what measures will the icc or even bcc for that matter you know sit down and take for this because if you win the toss and you bowl first and you you know you know the, there is a due factor you bowl first and it becomes easy for the chase then there's no point in having competition so i'm really more already worried about the due factor how do you counter that the games are scheduled to probably start a bit early 
they'll probably start off at 12 yeah. o'clock 12:30 rather than too late this is one of the things that has been thought about i hear but also i think yeah. they have already been working with the ball manufacturers to try to maybe make the ball get a couple more extra yeah. layers of that uh, lacquering lacquering that comes with yeah. to keep lacquering, them a bit yeah. more fresh even until the end of the game right but the at the end of the day yeah. this is the condition and one of the things teams competing will have to take into account how they are able to compete how they are able to manage this if you are always going to bat first because traditionally in south asia it's win the toss bat first right in yeah. this case if you want to do that then you'll also have to find a way of uh, com- you know combating the dew so probably also the grounds men um, they already have some plans to probably drag ropes across the outfield to try to take away the excess dew that has already fallen between the innings and so on but once the game starts it's about the teams and how they manage the ball so there are two new balls for sure and reverse swing is a big factor in the subcontinent isn't it so it's going to be very interesting yes. it's going to make for a wonderful world cup and let's hope you know much like the last time maybe yeah. india can come through and win yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter where it's played ahmedabad is yeah. one of the newest it yeah, stadiums in it. india it's the biggest one it's the yeah. let's say the best equipped at this point in time we have traditional yeah. power centers when it come to fan following and other things but maybe this has changed in the last couple of years yeah. right so yeah. time time changes things yeah. change we adapted we move on uh, going further uh, we were actually discussing earlier in the episode yeah. how the big three should try and accommodate more games with uh, ireland afghanistan and uh, zimbabwe and you can see ireland will host india for 3t20is and they'll also be hosting yeah. the 3 odis yeah. with bangladesh so this is very good yeah. because it sort of gives them also a good chance uh, with odis uh, that they can make the points they can uh, sort of put themselves in a good position to qualify directly because right now with the 3-0 uh, series uh, win over bangladesh they can actually secure the eighth spot playing at home they may actually give themselves a chance i think they'll be very disappointed with their uh, results um, when they went to bangladesh they'll also want to have some payback i'm sure right mm-hmm. and india who will be in the uk True. playing the world test championship final will also be able to play a 3t uh, 3 t20 series so all of these i think is wonderful when uh, if you are an ireland fan to know that you know there's more cricket to look forward to in the world cup here moving forward um will somerville if you remember this uh, new zealand cricketer who played six tests for new zealand took 15 wickets it, it was never going to be a very storied yeah. long career for him he sort of turned pro at 30 right he tried his hand at a couple of things but yeah. then from there to actually represent your national team the fitness the commitment the thought process that it takes he's hardly played 52 uh, first class games and just 32 list games but that's been a good career he's decided to hang up his boots at the end of the ongoing new zealand uh, domestic season yeah. he's going to retire so well done uh, will somerville you know you're sort of a hero for many of us who sort of would would have liked to have taken up cricket a little late in life but then to rise to the heights he did yeah. well done yeah did like uh, my heart goes out to these kind of players you know who, who work hard and come there day in day out even if the reverse don't come the way they expected to be they just you know turn up and do this i mean it it, it i mean unless you have a big heart you will not be able to you know do that and uh, my heart goes out to these kind of players well not only that i think he'll be happy knowing that he's played for new zealand at the highest level and if he can bring the same dedication the same commitment yes. to anything he does he's going to be successful so we wish him all the best yeah. in the second innings of his life where he's going to probably maybe be involved in coaching yeah. we don't know what he's going to take up but good luck to will somerville yeah in the ipl yeah. they are also picking up the same rule change for 2023 which is that the captains will actually declare the teams after the toss there's also an impact player involved so from your perspective can you see how much of a difference this might make will it be such a such a huge difference yeah i believe it's going to be a huge difference uh, ajit because if you remember there was a kind of experimentation experimentation done in 2005 you remember the super sub rule but then the super sub rule went against the side uh, which actually lost the toss for example like uh, the rule was that you had to announce your super sub before the toss now for example i believe i think one game where rahul dravid is the captain he had chosen a batsman as a super sub and he was batting first so the super sub will be of no use ah. for you where you had the other team will be playing against you'll be playing 11 versus 13 at 12 at some time so so this experimentation did not work actually so it was like you know uh, discarded before the 2007 world cup but now in the ipl they are uh, you know doing with 
having this or uh, giving this opportunity to choose your uh, you know super sub or impact player after the toss it's going to be a huge advantage for both the teams so technically you'll be playing 12 versus 12 you're involving another player and uh, you know uh, this one and the one more change announcing the you know 11 after the toss it's going to be a game changer in my opinion because you can you can strategize your players if you are chasing you wouldn't want an extra bowler you would probably want an extra batter so you will have an extra batter in your ranks and yeah it's it's technically going to give a lot of opportunity to a lot of players i think you'll be playing 12 or 13 players these days uh, i mean in this uh, ipl i believe and the impact player uh, it was a huge success in the mustakali mm-hmm. trophy it was implemented in the mustakali trophy in last year I think four four months ago it was a huge success. I think uh, for Karnataka, I think couple of impact players won the game. I think Shreyas Gopal was impact player on couple of occasions where he came and he will bowl and he actually won the game for Karnataka. Wow. So it's it's a great uh, innovation impact All player. All right. So something to look forward to if you are uh, IPL. So to Absolutely. evolve with strategizing, yeah. choose the right sort of impact player in spite of maybe losing the toss. So that's going to be a very nice combination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Before we finish off. the first odi between uh, yeah sri lanka and new zealand has finished as we record and well yeah sri lanka have been routed decimated yeah and new zealand were playing without five of their first choice players so so tom ledham is captaining there's no came in limson there's no saudi there's no conway there's no brace well you see many of these regulars missing from their odi squad but well new zealand competed again quite well chad bows opened you have finn allen who's trying to make a point and you have glen phillips as well who's there these are the coming yeah. people in new zealand cricket they have stood up darrell mitchell is now a very well ensconced uh, senior um, player they have all made a wonderful contribution and then 274 we here you know auckland sometimes can be uh, chase can be easy because of the dimensions of the ground and so on and on this sort of yeah. a pitch your medium paces 120 130 Uh, speed bowlers will be very crucial and i think uh, sri lanka completely mishandled uh, henry shipley who walked away with a 5r 76 making a chase yeah see 274 i think more often than not you would expect a, a competition but i think uh, the way sri lanka were blown away it was unbelievable i think they bowled out within 20 overs and yeah one you know fantastic spell from one of the new zealand bowlers it was game over for them and they were playing a full strength side right i think they were they have uh, had, had all their uh, top Absolutely. players and this was pretty much a second string seed uh, second string new zealand side they lost pretty badly and yeah probably this is the probably the difference between the two sides and uh, yeah the uh, scorecard is a fair reflection of their uh, abilities and considering the conditions i'm talking about yeah indeed look henry shipley is being talked of as the next uh, jamison right jamison is out injured so they oh. have this guy yeah. and he's very tall can swing the ball and can hit the bat hard so yeah. exact bonus yeah. very interesting so uh, he's he's uh, made a breakthrough in this game took a 5-4 in international cricket so maybe we are going to see more of this bowler as well in the upcoming days yeah. the last uh, story i wanted to discuss with you is uh, the sheffield shield finals australian first class uh, trophy so have you been following it at all yeah just uh, looking at the score cards and you know sheffield shield is it's always been with what uh, new south wales is the team which has been winning quite consistently right Indeed, look, New South Wales is the Mumbai of uh, Australian first-class setup. Yeah, and Victoria is the Karnataka. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. True. Well, in this case, it looks like they are uh, struggling a little bit, Victoria. But what was a talking point yeah. in the first day was Ashley Chandrasinghe, who sort of reminded us all of uh, yeah. you know 50 years ago first-class cricket, where he batted 280 balls to <laughs> yeah. score 46. Cold yeah, and could not even get exactly. Yeah, you remember Asanka Guru Sinha from the 1996 mm-hmm. World Cup. I don't know why I. The moment I looked at this name yesterday, I think that was the first batsman batsman who came to my mind. Is it like Asanka Guru Sinha Swaman? So yeah, that's what like yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't see that those kind of scores, you know. Well, he's a left-hand bat as well, so that may have also you know given. Yeah, yeah, some, true. Uh, There's a lot of similarity. And, and a yeah. youngster. Hmm. Yeah, he's very nicely poised now. I think if you can if you can see like. Uh, Though they have lost six wickets, like they ahead by two runs, and if they can put on another hundred, hundred and fifty runs, you never know. And Sutherland is batting well; he's batting on forty. Is is a decent enough batsman. He leads some support, right? So, going further, yeah, we yeah. know, Perry right? Uh, yeah. Perry can hold one end, but then I think it's about uh, yeah. finding that balance. Boland can hit. Todd Murphy can definitely bat. He showed it in India, yeah. right? So. 
it's about probably getting that balance right where you don't let the pressure get to you but you let the scoreboard ticking as you say if they get to three figures it they yeah. might make a game out of it but anything short of that yeah. i would expect western so, australia to walk away with the trophy it would be nice nice to see sides like western australia tasmania win the sheffield shield it was mm-hmm. like only victoria and new south wales between winning well you given karnataka i dare say a little bit more credit but you know we are both from that part of the world we'll take it <laughs> all right yeah. now uh, those are all the news stories wonderful chat with you ramchandra and uh, yeah. i dare say i would like to see more of you on this podcast as a co-host as a guest it's, it's been a very good. nice yeah. chat and i also hear you have some useful and interesting contacts in the karnataka first class circuit so i would love to involve you to you know get some of your friends on the podcast some of the players yeah before we let you go would it be possible for you to plug uh, any of your articles maybe the some of the platforms where you are easily available for our listeners to reach out to you yeah i would like i, I basically am like of course being a cricket fan i follow domestic cricket pretty religiously i think uh, you know watching karnataka games going to tinnu swami stadium i just enjoy that vibe of you know watching ranji trophy game so uh, i think i i have written a lot about uh, ranji trophy and the domestic players of late also i think i wrote about kv siddharth why he has been kept out despite being the top scorer last year in ranji trophy he was not given a game this year so i think i wrote i wrote about that story and it was well received and even siddharth congratulated me thanked me for that piece and then uh, recently we saw a lot of players moving out of karnataka who could not get opportunities so there was one piece i had written about uh, ganesh satish amit verma and kb pavan who had to move out of karnataka for better opportunities so i uh, i got a lot of lot of um, you know good reviews for that even the players really thanked me for that so it's going on pretty well and also in kannada i've been writing writing about ranji trophy karnataka's ranji trophy victories all the right uh, ranji trophy victories every season i've i've documented that you can go to honolulu.net i can find those pieces you'll get a lot of there is a lot of history involved in that so i think the more than 60 or 70 cricket pieces i've written for honolulu and sports kid i have have uh, 15 pieces about uh, few karnataka players few you know players who missed out some you remember conor williams had written yeah, a yeah, piece yeah. about conor williams, williams yes. where despite playing a test match which ended up being unfortunately which uh, which was you know dubbed uh, unofficial later you don't find his name in the annals of indian cricket he is no more a test cricketer he is just a first class cricketer it was really a poignant story ajit so i had to write about him i wrote that you know it's a india's sorry tale of test cap number 241 it was supposedly 241 which later went to sanjay bangar because he was it was not considered test match that 2001 centurion test because of this dennis minus <laughs> you know uh, the referee who had debarred six indian cricketers from playing the centurion test match so that one that was nice and i enjoyed that and then uh, shreyas gopal's piece which uh, you know he was not really given his due despite consistent performances he was not given is to you so i had written a piece about shreyas mm-hmm. gopal it was nice and karun nair was a curious case of karun nair what happened what went wrong for him after his fabulous 3 not 3 so that that was also very well received so like yeah i i been concentrating about few things few you know people don't really understand like uh, how would you know writing something about this what went wrong for this cricketer and conor williams was something no one would really imagine you know did this really happen to someone how 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 hard then you would be feeling you know despite playing a match against south africa he finds himself as only a first class cricketer that's really really unfortunate sounds like you've been keeping tabs sounds on like- um domestic cricket for a while and you have some depth and some very yeah, good yeah, articles yeah. to showcase <laughs> more than a decade right from my college wonderful days. wonderful yeah. so we hope our listeners also yeah. you know look up your work and also follow you thank you very much for your time on the podcast yeah. we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from yeah thanks ajit yeah. bye this is the armchair cricket podcast